Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. This is Neil McMillan, inviting you to join me for Pulse of Politics every Sunday evening at 8 o'clock on Otago Access Radio. I'll be bringing you 30 minutes of interviews, conversation and commentary on issues that matter. That's Pulse of Politics, Sundays at 8 on Otago Access Radio, 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Many Dunedin people will recall the time when their city was split into four distinct parliamentary constituencies, Dunedin North, Dunedin Central, Mornington and St Kilda, all with a strong urban or suburban focus. Now there are only two seats, bigger geographically, more diverse in their nature and probably less predictable in their political allegiances. One of them is the new electorate of Tyree, which includes chunks of the current Dunedin South seat, but extends as far south as Belclutha. We spoke last week with Labour's candidate Ingrid Leary, and so it's appropriate we should be speaking this week with Nationals candidate Liam Kernigan, who's in the studio. Welcome, Liam, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for getting in touch. Liam, your background is an interesting one. Mm. Uh, born and raised in Dunedin, uh, an old boy of John McGlashan College, university degrees in law and politics, admitted to the bar in 2016 and several years working at Parliament for national MPs. Um, why politics? Why not a career in law? Very good question, Neil, and I'm sure the listeners will be equally as interested to know. I think for me, I, I certainly looked at going into the law and a lot of my friends went into law and they've practiced either in the, in the criminal litigation space or in, in the commercial space and some even in the public law judicial review and I can assure you a number of them are working on some very interesting meaty cases. But for me, uh, I've always been drawn to politics because I've loved community and uh, I grew up here and certainly my family had been pretty political. Mum's from uh, the Maniatoto, from a farming family there and dad, actually dad's family Immigrated from uh, Liverpool in the early 1960s, so it's been a big, as an aside, a, a big morning for the for the householders. Liverpool won the first Premier uh, League trophy for the first time in 30 years, um, but they immigrated out here in the early 1960s to work at the Cadbury factory. So uh, the family's always been pretty political and about the community, and I decided that at an early stage I wanted to get amongst that. It always interests me that uh, government can do a lot of really good things, but it can also do some really dumb stuff, as Bill English used to say, my former boss. And uh, I wanted to make sure we did more of the right stuff and less of the dumb stuff. Uh, and so I got into politics, and I've had a wonderful four and a bit years in Wellington working with a number of uh, ministers and, and members of parliament and leaders of the opposition. Uh, but there was the right time to come home and, and represent my community, have the opportunity to do so, uh, and stand where I'm born and bred. And why national? Oh, certainly a good question, and I know a lot of people... Um, uh, have asked me this question, and, and for me, national represents uh, the most um, 
um, aspirational uh, view of New Zealand. I like to think that everyone has the opportunity to be who they want to be. Um, and I would like to live in a country where it doesn't matter where you're born or what family you're born into or, or the life uh, cycle that you're born into. Uh, every New Zealander should have the opportunity to succeed. And I think National has that aspirational view of the world. Uh, and, and certainly um, when I joined the party, the likes of John Key, Bill English, and, and now Simon Bridges and Todd Muller, um, absolutely advocate that view that every New Zealander can aspire to whatever they want to do. And what drew you to the beehive? Well, <laughs> I sort of touched on it a little bit there, but I think it's, you know, the, the beehive is that central power, if you like. You know, it's where the, it's quite a unique building in the world of politics insofar as most countries don't have all of the executive in one space. You've got almost all 20 ministers in the cabinet in, in one building. And, and, I mean, for me, when I, when I went into work for, at the time, Justice Minister Amy Adams, uh, I I'd just finished my law degree. I was obviously getting admitted to the bar and going through that process. And I'd always sort of gone through my legal training and, and my university as knowing the justice system could be better. And I saw the work that Amy Adams was doing. I, I had and continued to be a ginormous fan of hers. She's an extraordinary lady and an extraordinary politician. Um, and, and I wanted to be part of that. And so I got that incredible opportunity that not many New Zealanders do, which is to go and work in that building and had some remarkable opportunities. What portfolios did that actually involve at that time? Yeah, so we, we had a range. She, was, she wasn't the, the Stephen Joyce Mr fix it of everything, but she had a large number of portfolios. When I first went in, she was the Minister of Justice and Minister of Courts. That was her kind of big bit. Um, and then she was the Minister for Communications, and that's kind of where I guess I first met Claire Curran as the opposition spokesperson for communications. And communications is a portfolio which doesn't just include telephone lines and, and internet uh, cables. What it does include is a lot of cybersecurity work. So um, Amy at the time was responsible for the cybersecurity network functions, and there was obviously a large amount of work going on in that space, and she was also the Minister for Broadcasting um, for, for a bit of time while I was there. And when Bill English became the Prime Minister, she, she lost the responsibilities for communications and broadcasting uh, and became the Minister for Social Housing, which was at that time a, a lot of work was going into um, creating more places for, for New Zealanders in the social housing space. She also became the Minister responsible for Housing New Zealand Corporation. She kept, became an Associate Minister of Finance and, and particularly focused in the social sector space around social spending. But probably most interestingly at, at that time for me was her being the first Minister responsible for social investment, which was obviously Bill English's big baby about making government work in a better way, you know, reducing those silos and breaking down barriers. And I loved that work, as, as I remember Bill saying in his valedictory speech, you know, it's that hard work. Um, it's really tough, which made it really interesting, and I loved it. And after the change of government in 2017, <laughs> you worked actually under Bill English as leader of the opposition. I did. Doing what? So Again, I was the same thing. I was, a, yeah, I was a political advisor at that stage, and and obviously the role changes uh, when you go from government. You're you're working um, with ministries and agencies and departments. Uh, when you go into opposition, you kind of have to find your feet pretty quickly. You lose all those public servants helping you out. But you know, I gained a range of experiences under both Bill and then and then Simon, uh, and and I got to work on some fantastic projects, some things we're really proud of, and some things I know we've made the government better on. And I know some things that will stand the test of time. And when Bill English retired, you remained with the mm. leader of the opposition under Simon Bridges. Yes. 
Yes, I did. And um, I worked for Simon for two years. And um, look, Simon was a fantastic leader and someone who gave me a lot of opportunities. And if I could just pick one that I'm, I'm very proud of and something that uh, we worked very closely with with Simon and, and Michael Woodhouse was our um, cancer um, agency and $200 million investment into Pharmac last year. It was something the government had been appalling on, had promised big in opposition and had d- failed to deliver on. And so we saw a market to push the government into uh, into working harder than that space, particularly with Blair Vining and, and his his push to have a truly independent cancer agency, which I guess essentially took out a lot of the administrative and strategic direction of cancer care and put it into a independent agency which focused on experts and clinicians and people who knew what they were doing. So I was really proud of that. We did push the government into acting pretty quickly. You will have seen David Clark on the hoof announce a number of announcements <laughs> in the weeks after that. But I know a lot of New Zealanders... Um, benefited from that, and they will continue to benefit from that. And then, in, was in March, you were selected to run for Parliament, and what at that stage was Dunedin South. Mm. Why Dunedin South? Well, I mean, Dunedin's my home, and I was born and bred here, as you mentioned in the beginning, mm. and I had always said, and I'm a firm believer, uh, in the fact that if you want to run for parliament, um, you've got to represent your community, and, and for me, the strongest community is Dunedin, um, now Tyree, um, you know, and it's not just because I was born here, it's because my mates have come back and gone onto farms in South Otago, particularly around Balclutha and, and Kaka Point, or, you know, they've gone into the transportation business in South Otago, or they've started small businesses in Osgiel or South Otago and Belclutha and Lawrence, you know, these are my mates and as I said right at the beginning of your program community really matters to me and I know a lot of us, you know, finished university or finished high school and, and left in Eden for, for Auckland or Wellington uh, and I'd like to think we can stop doing that, I'd like to think we can keep more people in Dunedin and keep more people in Tyree and certainly my focus uh, will be on that, ensuring there are opportunities for people ensuring that people like my mates who went back onto the farm continue to do so my mates who are starting small business in Mosgiel continue to do so, uh, that more Dunedin um, and Tyree residents have the opportunity to do all of those things. Mm. Since you were selected, Nationals had a change of leader, mm. obviously from Simon Bridges to Todd Muller. Were you surprised? Was I surprised? Oh, look, I think the caucus made a decision, and what you've seen over the last five weeks has been a real refocusing on the issues that are important to New Zealanders. And I think you saw the poll on Thursday night, which saw a dramatic rise in fortunes for the National Party, and certainly we're not stopping there. There's a lot more work to do. But what I what I do think you've seen from Todd and from Nikki, who I've had the opportunity to work with as well in Wellington on, on a number of issues from the Zero Carbon Bill right through to the education discussion documents that Nikki Kay uh, worked on and, and a number of other bits and pieces, is a real refocusing on what people are worried about, which is the economy. And if we look at the health response, I think we can give a big tick to the government in getting that right and slowing down the transmission rate of COVID. But what people are worried about now, and as you've seen this week in the news, is the job losses and the opportunities that we're losing from COVID. And so Todd's made that very clear. All of his announcements so far as leader of the opposition have been about getting more people into work, getting more people into jobs, but also retaining those industries, which are really important. And you know, not to not to prolong this answer, but if you look at the, the news we had on Thursday about Tuapeka Gold, losing those jobs you know that's an industry that started in Lawrence you know that's an industry that's been built up over time Uh, that's an industry that's going to really struggle and we're not seeing that level of support from this government Uh, what we do need is we need that direct investment from whether it's the job start payment that Todd Muller talked about whether it's actually business uh, whether it's actually government recognizing that different industries have different challenges and one size won't fit all the wage subsidy 
is absolutely critical to keeping people in work. But what's more critical going forward is making sure those businesses stay afloat and those opportunities continue. Mm. Liam, the new electorate of Tari, as we've previously mentioned, it's extremely diverse. It's urban and rural, city dwellers, mm. country dwellers, blue-collar, white-collar mm. workers, farmers. Where do you see your base support? Well, I'm lucky that both mum and dad come from essentially all those communities. You know, mum um, from a really traditional farming background in the Maniatoto and um, my family still continue to farm up there uh, in parts of the Maniatoto and dad's you know, family coming from working class Brockville. Look, I, I, I tend to think that we've moved on from the politics of, you know, a certain group of people in society voting for one party and a certain group of people in society voting for another. I think people vote on issues. I think people vote on personality and I think people vote on particularly who's going to do the best for them. And so I see, um, first and foremost, uh, my role as encouraging and, and showing people that I'm the right man for the job, but also that the National Party is the right uh, team for government. And I think if you look at the abysmal failure we've seen, whether it's been KiwiBuild, whether it's been light rail, whether it's been on infrastructure projects right up and down New Zealand, they haven't delivered. And I know a lot of people on the doorstep and on the phones that are talking to us are saying, we're really worried about that economic future. And they're really looking there and saying, are we going to trust Phil Twyford, who couldn't build light rail down Dominion Road to get the economy going? Or are we going to trust the likes of Judith Collins and Paul Goldsmith, who've got a track record of delivery? The other thing I'd say just on, on, on that there is another thing people are talking about to me is that local representation. And I think you know, you've, you've seen a number of people get into the race. And certainly people have been hard and that a local boy is standing up and, and getting involved and, and someone who's got actual roots into the, into the region. You know, as I say, it's not just family, but it's friends who have started small businesses, it's friends who have gone onto farms, uh, and I'd like to think that I can represent not only my friends and family, but all of those people who share the same aspirations as we do. If, if as you say, people are more inclined to vote for issues rather than just on traditional mm. lines, what are the main issues in your electorate? The one, the, when I say your electorate, mm. I mean the one you're seeking. The tiring one. <laughs> well, no, absolutely. And, Neil, it probably won't surprise you that, again, this answer might be a little bit longer than just one sentence. But I, you talked about it earlier. You know, the electorate is so diverse. And I think it's it, it would be a dangerous proposition for anyone standing in this seat to consider the issues of South Dunedin being the same as Belclutha. You know, for instance, we've seen a number of job losses uh, in the Dunedin area, and I mentioned Tuapeka Gold, but there's been a, no, a number of companies um, looking at either laying off staff or, or looking at reduced hours. You know, the rural communities have done not too bad through COVID. You know, they've been essential workers. They've kept feeding and watering and uh, not only New Zealand and the world, uh, but they've had a whole bunch of other, you know, transportation, for instance, over um, the lockdown was an essential service. So, you know, rural communities have different issues and, 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 and different needs than, say, we do here. So, I mean, broadly, it's the economy, and it always is the economy because people absolutely vote on uh, their back pocket, and but their families. And, you know, a lot of people are really worried about not just jobs right now, but what we're going to do down track. And it's, it's my generation that are going to have to pay off the debt. It's my generation that are going to have to um, endure probably the hard times for a lot longer. And so people are worried about what that level of debt means, how we're going to spend it, um, that kind of quality of spending, whether we're getting best bang for buck. But I think, you know, there are a number of other issues. There's absolutely housing. And this government has failed to deliver on their housing projects, not just KiwiBuild, but you'll be well aware that housing affordability in Dunedin's gotten worse in the last three years than it did in the previous three years. And we, we only need to see 
the fact that a lot of these new developments are fantastic, but we're not getting that affordable housing. And there's obviously other issues, local services. A lot of people are really worried about education and health. Uh, we haven't seen the investment the government promised in a number of those areas, and so people are looking for a government and a, and a, and a member of parliament to deliver, and I want to be that person. Hmm. Liam, I wonder whether your prospects have been affected by this week's announcement that the New Zealand First MP, Mark Patterson, is contesting the Tyree seat. Uh, Given the fact that he's a farmer Hmm. and obviously has some appeal to the farming sector. Oh, look, I think there are a number of farmers who are really upset that New Zealand First went with Labour. And I think not just that, but the fact that New Zealand First hasn't had any real effect on on change in the government's views, whether it comes to the Zero Carbon Act, whether it comes to land diversification, whether it comes to water, whether it comes to fire. I could literally name dozens of these things. Look, I, you know, I'm f- solely focused on, on my campaign. I'm solely focused on talking about the issues that matter to New Zealanders. Um, you know... All, I, all I'm um, really uh, worried about is that we get a change of government, we get a strong national uh, local member of parliament come September 19, and I want to be that person. Mm. Liam, what's your reaction to voting rights being given to prison inmates who are serving sentences of less than three years, given the fact that the Otago Corrections Facility near Milton is now embraced by the Tyree electorate? Look, I... Again, this answer might be a little bit long, so I apologise, but law and order and justice is obviously something I've spent a lot of time on. And I've been really concerned that Andrew Little, as the Justice Minister, uh, hasn't been as active or as focused on the issues that are facing the uh, justice system, but more broadly, what New Zealanders really worry about. And I look at, you know, for instance, over the lockdown, the government forced through a select committee process on prisoner voting, where they had a sexual violence legislation bill looking at some absolutely abhorrent crimes and trying to make the system work better for victims, just sat on the order paper. You know, there's a large number of other issues in the justice sector, whether it's about access to justice, whether it's court timeliness, whether it's, you know, the large number of people we have in prison. We haven't seen any work around that come through. We've seen very little work from Andrew Little about this change in the justice system he promised us during the 2017 election. And so to focus on prisoner voting at a time when there are so many other issues going on in New Zealand, I think is poor form. But not only just that, you know, there is a constitutional issue with this bill and and certainly having worked for the Minister of Justice I'm probably more well informed than most about this issue. You know electoral law changes are supposed to be done with the consent of you know the, the overwhelming majority of parliament you know you're supposed to only change electoral law when you've got the consent of most parties. And the reason why we do that is, of course, you shouldn't be screwing the scrum halfway through the game. And to me, um, I'll, I'll take an example of when I was in government. You know, we, we passed a number of electoral bills, all with you know um, overwhelming consent of the parliament. But I look at our electoral amendment bill, which we passed at the end of 2016, early 2017, but also the changes we made to the Broadcasting Act around closing and opening broadcast. I couldn't think of a more open and transparent process than we went through, which was engaging with every party, having individual meetings, bringing them in, talking about what they thought and how we could make the process better. And, you know, none of that happened with this. It was rammed through select committee. The overwhelming majority of submitters that submitted on the bill were opposed to it or found issues with it, you know, um, and a number of those were raised in, in the House over the time. So I just think it's, in a, you know, a number of New Zealanders have raised with me and, our, and the National Party more broadly. Just it seems a very odd time to be pushing through this. You know, it's an ideological thing rather than something that they're doing for good constitutional gain. Nonetheless, 
this could be a tightly run race in the Tyree electorate. Mm. Uh, in March, there were 494 inmates at the uh, Otago Corrections Facility in Milton. Uh, many of those presumably would be entitled to vote. So will you be campaigning for their vote also? And would you envisage actually visiting the, the prison to do so. Look, I, we, we haven't been given clear guidance from the Electoral Commission about what is and what isn't allowed yet, so I'll, I'll wait to see what that happens. I mean, fundamentally, I'm campaigning for every single vote that I can get, and as I mentioned, I don't think people vote in traditional ways anymore. People vote on issues, so we'll just have to wait and see. And your campaign strategy, mm. how, how will you be campaigning? Street corner meetings, uh, visiting people, house meetings, what's, what's planned? Yeah, so we're doing a lot, and we've been doing a lot, particularly over the lockdown. You know, I was obviously ended in during the lockdown and, and was very fortunate to do a number of things. And it wasn't campaigning, but it was being out in the community. So it was delivering groceries to those people who couldn't go to supermarkets, who quite rightly were, were afraid of going. And we were very happy with a large number of volunteers to deliver groceries to people we were doing phone calls you know we were doing we i held a number of community meetings across the zoom platform as most people will be aware but also held a number of small business roundtables, which engaged large number of businesses across the electorate to talk about the issues that they were facing talk about how we could get through covid uh since we've been out of the lockdown we've been incredibly active uh we've been up and down the electorate we've held meetings uh in all of the key townships we're holding a number of more ones uh we've been door knocking we've delivered and you'll be you might be surprised to hear this, we've delivered letters to over 12,000 households across uh, the electorate. We've delivered over 25,000 leaflets. Uh, we've called thousands of houses. We've door knocked on thousands of doors. And the response we've been getting is absolutely fantastic. And what I would say is we're only just starting now. We're, we're absolutely going to be ramping this up. And what is very exciting is, as you said at the beginning, Tyree is a completely different prospect to what we've had in Dunedin for mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly appetite from the National Party and a number of my candidate colleagues and MPs who I've been fortunate to work with, very keen to get involved and help out mm -hmm. during the election. Ingrid Leary would generally be regarded as your principal opponent, mm -hmm. as the Labour candidate. How do you regard Ingrid? I've actually never met her. I mean, being a Dunedin boy born and bred, I've, I've never met her. So I'm sure we'll, we'll cross paths at, at, at some stage. Look, I'm, as I said, focused on my campaign. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to be that local champion, the, the person who's born and bred Dunedin. And, and that's really resonating. I think you look at the reason why, you know, a number of national candidates and MPs have done so well across the country is that they stand in the seats they were born in. And, and Dunedin is obviously my home. It's where I went to school, as you mentioned at the start. Uh, and I'm focused solely on my campaign. Um, you know, uh, what Ingrid does and where she stands and where she previously may have tried to stand is, is up to her. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting her and meet the candidates at some stage, I'm sure. Mm. You talked about being a champion for the local community. Mm. Champion is something that uh, you are familiar with because on a lighter note, you're a highly accomplished exponent of the bagpipes, yeah. uh, New Zealand solo champion, a, a pipe band champion in both New Zealand and Europe, and mm. uh, you finished among the top four at the World Pipe Band Championships. Mm. To what extent might the bagpipes figure in your campaign? Well, you won't be surprised to learn I'm not the only one that plays the pipes in this campaign. Mark Patterson is an exponent of the pipes, but also my very good friend and colleague Hamish Walker uh, plays the pipes as well. So you've got a very strong Scottish contingent. Look, um, 
piping has been my passion along with politics, you know, since I was a kid. And what I really appreciate about piping down here is the community um, and the uh, and, and the sense that I can travel up and down the electorate. I can go to competitions as a kid in Balclutha and in Lawrence and, and compete there. Um, actually, funny story, you know, a very unknown story. My first ever bagpipe win was at the Tokamuro AMP show at Milton at the AMP grounds there on the side of the road. Managed to win my first novice competition there and so I've got a very uh, Milton means a lot to me in that respect. So, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see me doing bits and pieces. Normally on an Anzac morning, you'd see me at the Cenotaph playing or you'd see me with the City of Dunedin Pipe Band performing, you know, at Outram and, and across the city at rest homes and, and at RSAs. So, look, we'll see. I, I certainly um, did a... Uh, a, a, a series why I, I did a video on um, Facebook on Anzac Day uh, as part of the a nationwide call to action where everyone um, across the country played Amazing Grace. So if anyone wants to go and have a look on my Facebook page, it's certainly still up there, and I'm more than happy to take requests if anyone has any. Liam, finally, voters this year will not only be electing members of parliament, they'll be voting in two referenda, Mm -hmm. one on voluntary euthanasia, the other on the recreational use of cannabis. Where do you stand on those issues? Oh, it's a really good question, Neil, and um, it's fair to say the electorate has very diverse opinions about um, the, the the two referendum. Look, I'll be up front with both of them. I'll be voting against the recreational use of uh, marijuana um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, as I said, I work for a Minister of Justice. I don't think Andrew Little's done the work here. I don't think the regime we're voting for, because remember, we're not just voting for um, a, a change in, in, in the system. We're voting for a particular regime here. I don't think he's dotted the I's and crossed the T's as well as he thinks he has. And I'll just raise a couple of things. The first thing is I'd say is gangs and, and people can still um, apply for licenses uh, and sell um, uh, recreational uh, marijuana, and I don't think that's right. I'm really worried about the THC levels that are proposed in the bill that we're um, that we're being asked to vote on. But also, I've got a lot of mates who have got severe mental health issues, and I really worry about the effect marijuana um, has on that. I'm absolutely for medicinal use, controlled medicinal use, and that's absolutely appropriate. But I just don't think the regime that Andrew Little has come up with here is is going to create the health outcomes that that New Zealanders should expect from their government. Uh, on euthanasia, um, I'll be voting for euthanasia. It, it, to be honest, it was one of those ones I grappled with, and, and having worked in Parliament and having seen the process, I know it went through a very rigorous uh, and and very, very specific process about a number of issues. And, and my, my main concerns were about vulnerable people and disabled people. And I know a lot of people shared those issues. Uh, so I was very glad to see a number of protections added to the bill. So I'll be voting for that. I, predominantly, I think it's a person's choice. And a number of people say, well, shouldn't it be someone's choice to you know, take personal use of marijuana? I absolutely think that. I just think the, uh, the regime we've got in place or that we're being asked to vote for on euthanasia is a much more specific, uh, much more technical regime which will actually protect people as opposed to the marijuana mm-hmm. one. Liam Koenigan, thanks so much. It's been good to have you on the program, and as with all candidates, we wish you well in what promises to be one of the most intriguing campaigns in the southern region. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Neil. And that is Liam Koenigan, National Party candidate for the Tyree constituency in the forthcoming election. And that's our program for the week. And this is Neil McMillan closing with a reminder, you can catch Pulse of Politics at the same time every week on air, online or on podcast. 
You've been listening to Pulse of Politics, broadcast every Sunday evening at 8 o'clock on Otago Access Radio. If you'd like to hear this program again, you can download a podcast from www.oar.org.nz. Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.